everyone. Welcome to the Marketing Pod. It's your host, Catherine Farley here, and I am fangirling here because I have Nancy Lyons, uh, who's a public affairs specialist for the DC's uh, Department of Public Works here. So for those of you that might not know, um, Nancy is in charge of the murals, murals DC that happened in DC. And if if you've ever visited DC, uh, if you've whether it's Adams Morgan, U Street, no matter where you are, the murals in DC are so prevalent and we have Nancy to thank for that. Uh, but most recognizably probably is the Black Lives Matter mural that she recently uh, pulled off by the skin of her teeth, uh, which I'm really excited for her to tell a story about how she did that. So it was a lot of coordination, a lot of installation with more than a, <laughs> more, more people than we could even count that were part of it. And um, But beyond that, she's done over 120 murals in DC and I'm just, I'm so excited to talk to you. I've always wanted to put on a mural in DC. I, I lived in DC for quite some time and I've always wondered who the person was behind it. So I'm so excited to interview you. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you for having me. Um, and I should say where um, Murals DC is probably the largest producer of murals in the district, but um, every public mural you see is not a Murals DC uh, mural. Um, I like to think that we have some of the best, but there are a lot of amazing murals in Washington, D.C. that um, unfortunately we did not have anything to do with, but just, you know, happy that to see them there anyway. Um, but yeah, thank you for having me on. I should, yeah, I should give a brief shout out to like No Kings D.C. I think is one of the private mural producers and there's a couple other ones, but um, some of the more yeah, businesses. Heineken has been the sponsor of, you know, a lot of super dope murals and you've got Powell D.C. and the Commission on Arts, they do mostly, um, they do more like sculpture, but some, they do some um, mural projects as well. But, you know, we, co we collaborate that with them on our project as well. Absolutely. Okay, so unless you live in a cave, uh, you woke up on June 5th to, in my opinion, the most iconic mural in recent memory, which was the Black Lives Matter mural that was on 16th Street leading up to the White House in Washington, D.C. So I, I, was, I was just so awestruck. And so when I happened to attend the G2 summit a couple, uh, I think maybe it was a month or two ago now, and I saw your, um, you spoke there, I thought, oh, sh oh my goodness, here it is. here's the person, like, here's the person behind it. So um, can you, can you discuss, like, how exactly you got that assignment? How, how, where, where did that come to be? Sure. Um, so I work for the Department of Public Works, and a lot of people would be surprised to know that a lot of the murals that they see are, are um, you know, part of our, that's our project. It's funded by the Department of Public Works, and the connection is, our um, mission as an agency is to keep the nation's capital clean. So, you know, we're the people who collect the, your trash and recycling, and we dispose of your solid waste. We clean, we street, uh, we clean the um, streets, and we also do graffiti abatement. And so that was kind of how Murals DC was born, out of an effort to um, to reduce repeat tagging on buildings. And so um, my um, my boss, the director of our agency called me up, um, I guess it would be June, the morning of June 4th. And- um, Wow, yeah, he, the day before. Yeah, he said, um, it was 8.30 in the morning and he said, you know, can you bring together some artists? Um, and 
you know, and uh, for a meeting at 1130. So he said, I'm not going to tell you what it, what it is, what we're doing. I, it, you know, just, just, you know, come, you know, bring the artist and, you know, we'll, um, we'll talk then. So um, I called up, I, I rounded up eight artists and we came down to the building and um, um, at that point, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, I, I thought we had been talking about a project to um, work with artists to paint murals on the plywood that had been going up. So I'm thinking, okay, he wants me to bring artists together. This was right after the protests, um, right in the midst of a lot of the protests. So I'm thinking, yeah, this is probably going to be a plywood art um, project. So I'm bringing people together who I who I know are you know some of the top muralists in our in our area. So when we sat down, you know, 11:30, and he says, "This is what we're going to do." Um, and he's like, you know, it needs to be complete in, um, it needs to be complete in 24 hours, you know, at that point, um, you know, it needed to be complete, you know, we, the mayor was having an event at 11 o'clock on Friday, June, June 5th, and it needed to be finished by 11 a.m. So it was basically less than 24 hours of when we were meeting. So, um, you know, we quickly had a discussion about you know, what the lettering may look like. Um, you know, the artists, each of the artists sort of had their own unique style. So we thought, well, you know, maybe each of the artists can put their own little spin on each of the letters and it can look really different. Um, and, um, you know, we, we kind of talked about it until like maybe one or two. So by the time we broke out of the meeting, we actually, we knew we were gonna have to be on site in 12 hours. So from the moment we left, we had 12 hours to get everything together, everything pulled together and to be there. So my one, my main role after that, after bringing the artists together and having the discussion with them about, you know, um, you know, what are we going to do? Um, you know, we knew at that point the charge was to write a Black Lives Matter, um, but, you know, how are we going to do it? And so um, the artists had a separate conversation um, that I was, I was not a part of in terms of just the execution. And my job was to go and get the, um, get the um, supplies. That's my one job. And um, so, uh, so you see where this is going. So um, the first thing I did, you know, I, by the time I, you know, sort of figured out, you know, how we're gonna get all this together and, um, you know, funding and, you know, making sure that I had everything that I needed, um, you know, I started calling um, Sherman Williams and those places, but those places closed early. So I was like, okay, no problem. You know, we, you know, all we need is, I think at that point, we, you know, I think I was told to get like some, some black, some red, some gray, some yellow. Um, and I figured, you know, the Home Depot, Lowe's, those stores, they, don't, they close at midnight. I've, I've got all night for this or however late. They knew that they closed late. So um, I um, went to Home Depot Home Depot, I was going to get, I think, five gallons, the five, five, five gallon jug, so 25 gallons of each color. Um, so I go to Home Depot, I'm trying to get, you know, let me start with black. And um, I asked for five, the five gallon jugs of black. They didn't have any five gallon jugs. They were like, well, we have, we, we have, um, I think they had like five gallons, five one gallon um, jugs of black paint. 
So as the guy is bringing it out, he dropped one. <laughs> so he's like, oh, you only have four. Now I need like, I, I probably need 25 gallons of this. So I was like, okay, you know, what else you got? And they really had nothing else. So I was like, all right, maybe Lowe's has what I need. So I went to, I think at that point, they were like, get a bunch of yellow. Um, and so at that point, I went to Lowe's. I was like, you know, I mean, it's yellow paint. Everybody's gotta have yellow paint. Lowe's, I think, had one can, one can of yellow. So I'm just like, at this point, I'm like, wow. Like, I have no paint. They had to be out here. This, so and at this point, it's like maybe 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock. They had to be out there in like six hours. So I'm just like, okay, so maybe I can get them, if they can start out with some of this paint. And I'm thinking, okay, so, you know, maybe at, at the stores open at, I think Lowe's opens at 6. I think they said they were getting another shipment in. So I'm thinking, well, I know it's going to take some time for them to get themselves together, get themselves oriented, you know, um, get the, the, the lettering together and the measurements. So I'm thinking, you know, maybe they can get started with this and then by six we can get rolling. Um, you know, we, we, um, we got out there at two, two o'clock. It had rained that, that night. And um, DPW's um, street cleaning crews, they had been out cleaning the street. So they were, you know, cleaning the street, making sure the street was, the street was, was you know, um, pristine for them to be able to paint. But it had been raining. So at this point, the street was so wet that paint wouldn't have adhered to it. So our, um, our I, I, I go out there, my director is out there, and a bunch of guys, they have leaf blowers. So they're like trying to blow the street dry. So I'm like, okay, so this, this buys us some time. So by the time the artist really got started, it was probably around three o'clock. And I'll say it took them a good, um, it took them, you know, they, we had, I had the measuring wheel in my trunk. So they're, they're measuring out to make sure that the spacing is perfect because, you know, the, at the end of the project, we envisioned a, an aerial shot. And what we, our goal was to just have a perfect aerial shot. So they probably, the artist probably is eight artists. Um, and we had decided that each artist would have two letters. Um, and then we were also painting the DC bars and stars and bars. And um, so it took about two hours really for the artist to map out just to sort of do the mathematical um, calculations that it took to um, know just the, the exact height and um, the dimensions of each letter. Um, you know, the whole thing is the height of the, of the letters are like two, or like four car lanes. I think it's like, I want to say it's like 70 feet high. And then like, it's like maybe 500 feet long. It's like two football fields. Um, and so that took a while. People don't realize that it, that a lot of the work was spent just plotting that, you know, a lot of the assumption is that, you know, all of these volunteers came together to paint this, but it took, a team of professional muralists um, hours just to be able to create the foundation for what we now see is the lettering so that when you get that aerial shot every letter is is perfect you know perfectly proportioned and so they got finished with that at about 5 30. so 5 30 everybody's looking at me so you know then they, they you know at that point they start using some of the paint that i had and they went through that um like i said like 5 30 everyone's looking at me like okay where's the paint so, you know, it, I was like, okay, if the store's open, and up, open up in 30 minutes, I'll have some paint for you. So I get over to, um, to Lowe's 
Lowe's had, they still had nothing. So I was like, oh my God. So, and, and I got to wait until Sherman Williams opens and they don't open till 7.30. So I'm like, this project, our plan was to have this mural complete by the time people, by the time the sun, by the time, by sunrise. So by the time people came out at like eight o'clock in the morning, nine o'clock in the morning, this mural was supposed to be done. So now we've got a situation where I can't even get to another paint store until 7.30. And I don't even know if they have all the paint. And so there was a moment where I was like, wow, what if I brought all these people out of here? It's like hours to go before this is supposed to be ready. And I can't even deliver because I just didn't even, I just couldn't even get enough yellow paint. You know, and at that point, it just, it came down to just do yellow, yellow pops. It's the same color. It's the same yellow as the, um, you know, the, 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 the street hazard yellow. Because um, there was no time to do anything else. There was no time to do the original design. Um, and so, you know, we were there at Sherman Williams when they opened. Fortunately, I think, and I don't even think they opened until, it might not even been until eight. You know, fortunately, they had everything we needed, which kind of pissed me off because I thought, Sherman Williams was really the closest paint store. Had I just called them first, like immediately, you know, instead of like figuring out like, okay, all the other stuff, I could have just said, let, let me just call them first and reserve that paint. If I had just done that, you know, everything just would have gone just like that. So, you know, of course I'm beating myself up because I'm just like, this could have been so easy, you know? Um, and so I had two other people working with me um, in terms of getting paint. And, um, so, you know, I'm at one store, I'm at one Sherwin-Williams, I'm getting like 20 gallons from this store, and then we've got someone else at a Sherwin-Williams up 14th Street, and they're getting a bunch of gallons of this, and then someone else out in, you know, out in Virginia. And so we're just like, you know, we're all just trying to like get as much paint as we can. And uh, so once we were able to, you know, come back with everything we needed, we had already, you know, we had already purchased the brushes and supplies and everything, then everyone got rock and rolling. And, you know, by this time, it's just like, you know, everyone's just like working fast and furious. And, um, you know, there, we, there were several runs that were made because the, the pavement is just soaking up the paint. So, you know, we're, we're just, you know, first we got 20 gallons, of, 20 gallons of paint, and then, you know, we're ordering, getting another 20 gallons. We probably end up using somewhere between 75 and 100 gallons by the time it was all over, just because it was, it was a hot day. It was just absorbing so quickly. And, you know, at some point, you know, when I looked up and I, and, you know, at this point, you know, people are, are, are coming on the mall. It's, it's a very, um, you know, it's a very frenetic time in that area anyway, because, you know, they've been protesting every day. So at this point, it's eight o'clock. People are starting to come to the mall. They're starting to come to that area. And when people st saw what we were doing, and I should say that the first, so the people who were working, who were working most were DPW employees because they were cleaning the streets. They were blind, drying the streets. Um, once the artists start, doing that once the artists did the outline our guys started helping them do the filling work so once the public you know citizens tourists um started walking into that area and they saw what was going on then at that point everyone wanted to be a part of it and so in that moment i realized how um and this happens a lot in art where a lot of things that happened by mistake were a perfect happened perfectly um you know it, it was a, a a perfect mistake because what happened was in that moment it allowed people to come together and to be a part of that and to be a part of history and so you have those great shots of you know mothers you know with their children painting and you know a guy on rollerblades who's painting and all of that came together and I realized in that moment I was actually 
I was able to stop beating myself up long enough to say this was exactly how it was meant to be. And sometimes it's like that in everything you do. I think sometimes you have to leave room for um, the universe or God or just energy to just sort of do what it's going to do um, in the way in the way that it's really meant to happen. Sometimes your plan is not is not the only plan, um, and you you really have to um, stand back. I think and sort of allow for other things to be able to um, augment your plan because sometimes that is you know that ends up you end up with a better product in that way. And, We've had lots of art projects where things like that have happened, where um, an artist started to go one way and then had to, you know, had to detour to sort of make up for for something that um, that was that didn't happen the way it was supposed to happen, and it ended up better because of the detour. And so that was kind of what I what I learned out of all of that is at the end of the day, um, you know, our focus, our goal, our vision was to basically just to make this thing happen by our, um, you know, our, our allotted, in our allotted time. So we had until 11 o'clock, despite all of the delays, because of all the help, you know, we ended up finishing by 11.15. Um, the mayor didn't start her event until 11.30. Um, and in that moment, you know, the artists didn't know that, no one knew that they were gonna change the street name like physically in that moment. I knew, I knew that the name was gonna change. They were gonna change that portion um, I think the 700 and 800 block or the 800 and 900 block of 16th Street to Black Lives Matter Plaza. I knew what happened eventually. What I did not know was that the District Department of Transportation was going to come in with their signs and as soon as we were finished, make that change. And I, in that moment, I think it became so powerful. It really hit us that, you know, we didn't just paint a mural out here. We actually, we created another destination. Um, and it was just, it was a powerful moment. It was it was really kind of emotional. And um, um, the mayor's team, they had like a DJ. Um, and so you had music that was blaring. And then by that moment, by that time, when um, the mayor you know, made a very brief announcement um, and they went to change the sign, they started playing Audra Day's Rise Up, which you, know, you hear now, it's, it's become like the anthem of, of every revolution that's, that's been occurring um, you know, in this deck, in this, you know, in 2020 seems to be the, uh, I think the background anthem for 2020. And so, you know, you hear Audra, Audra Day, you know, singing Rise Up. And, you know, you have this gentleman changing the sign, the street sign, taking down the 16th Street and putting up Black Lives Matter Plaza, which we knew had, had never happened before. And you're, as he's doing that, you can see the White House right there. And it was just like, wow, this is, it was such a moment, you know? And, and again, you know, and in all of that, everything that went wrong went right, you know? It, so it was definitely an impactful day and you know it's one of those things where you're when you're focusing on a project you're just focusing on the end goal you weren't thinking about you know, the overall impact and I think in in you know sometimes with marketing in general so when you're you've got a marketing plan of course you're always thinking about the end game you can never factor in every single thing that's going to happen along the way um, you know the things that you want you know the benefits you know um, that you want to happen you know, you, you know that you want to, you want to tick this, this mark and this mark and this mark, but you, you have no idea the impact that it's really going to have on your audience. And sometimes I think at the end of the day, you really just sort of, you know, if you hold true to what your mission is, um, I think that the, the net results end up being so much better because it's an authentic process. You know, what happened on that, on that mall 
came out of a very, um, a very authentic feeling of um, the preservation of democracy in this city. And um, it, you know, it came from the heart, from the heart. The artist painted that from the heart, you know, and people came there and they saw, and they, they felt that energy and they painted from the heart. And I feel like a lot of that was successful because of all of that energy of devotion and commitment and, and, and dedication that went toward it. And, you know, who knew that at the end of the day, it was going to be something that was going to resonate around the country. Um, but I think had you sat there and planned it for months and thought, okay, and we want this to be iconic and we want this to happen. And I don't think it ever would have happened that way. I think, you know, every great project, you really just have to go in there with everything that you have. You know, you have to go in there with passion and commitment. Um, and you have to always keep your eye on the end game, you know, and everything, all the colors will fill in as you go along. You know, you got to bring the pieces, the right pieces to it to make sure that it works. But, um, you know, everything sort of gets filled in along the way. And, you know, everything came out in that project perfect. I'm sure there's, there are a thousand things that could have gone wrong. Like I couldn't have, you know, what if I didn't, if I didn't have enough paint, that would have been a disaster. But, um, you know, everything worked out. And I can see now that everything worked out um, exactly the way it was supposed to. Um, and we, we couldn't have planned anything like what actually happened. You know, Nancy, I want to give not just you and DC murals, but your entire, like the entire Department of Public Works in the District of Columbia, like the, like my, you know, my complete thanks and admiration because there's, it's not just murals DC that is completely intertwined with the community. And, and it's so clear you guys are thinking about your citizens first and, and trying to, you know, truly be public servants and 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 make sure that they're involved and you're in and and you're serving the community first but i mean it, that's that's your entire department i mean the you know when there's snow days there's a program where you can sign up to scoop your neighbor's stoop in case you know they can't you know they can't uh clear their 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 staircase you know you can there's just there's so many aspects about the entire department of public works and it's just the entire area of the district of columbia that's so much community first which is it's so refreshing and really beautiful and, and meaningful and you know there's no other place i've lived where i've known the department of public works as intimately as i as i knew the department of public works <laughs> in dc so it's so beautiful to hear how prevalent that is throughout your department well, the thing, the great thing about DPW, and you know, a lot of people don't realize this, um, but you realize it once you work for it. DPW touches almost every agency. Anytime something, um, you know, we're we're present during the inauguration. You know, we we um, we sweep the the inaugural parade in advance to make sure that anything that could be a potential um, hazard is removed. You know, obviously we clean up afterwards because you know these things happen during the weekday, and you know within you know, within, tw within hours of everyone going home, you know, the city has to look, has to return to normalcy for rush hour traffic. You know, um, if there's a hurricane, you know, we're, we're there to sort of, to help to, um, you know, pick up and remove some of the debris. Um, when there are accidents on the highway, you know, when there are dead animals on the highway, you know, we come and collect that. 
Um, you know, whenever there's any major event that happens in the city, we help to provide drivers, we provide generators. There's not an agency that we don't work with um, in the city. And so people know us. I mean, we really are the backbone of the city. And a lot of people don't. I mean, they know now. I think if they didn't know before, I mean, we've been, we've been doing murals EC since 2007. Um, and I think for the first few years, um, most people did not know that we had anything to do with that. And I would say up until a couple of years ago, most of our employees probably had no idea that we had anything to do with that because our agency has 1,400 employees. We're in 12 different buildings around the city. Everyone is in their own silo. You've got the parking folks in their own silo because we do parking enforcement. You've got the solid waste people in their own silo. You, you know, you've, you've got the fleet management folks, the folks to, you know, we repair most of the city's vehicles. They're in their own silo. And no one really, most of the folks that the frontline workers, you know, they have, they've got a job, a, a hard job to do every day. They're not, they don't realize um, the extent often um, of our programming. And so, you know, this summer, it was a great summer because it really, um, it allowed a lot of people in the, in the agency and a lot of employees to really be able to have something that they could galvanize around and say, yeah, that's my agency, you know. Um, part of what I do as um, with my agency is, um, part of my role is also to be the employee engagement coordinator. So I'm always trying to find people to, trying to find a way for employees to um, feel more connected to their agency, which is difficult when, you, when you're located in 12 different sites um, and to, to feel a level of pride about the work that their agency does. So being in charge of that and then also getting to be in charge of a program like Murals DC that gives me an opportunity to do things that they can instantly visually connect with and feel pride in um, and brag about. Um, you know, it's just great. You know, I was, I was interviewing um, a member of our night crew because I also do our newsletter. I, I'm like a, a jack of all trades at our agency. So um, I was interviewing one of the night crew folks, the night crew supervisors. And the night crew are the people who go out at night and they empty our litter cans and they, um, you, you know, they, they take care of, you know, we got the uh, corridors that have like a lot of bars and people are out partying and they're littering. So they, you know, they help clean those corridors up and, and they take care of a lot of the other um, street cleaning operations. A lot of the street cleaning of the major arteries that are too busy to do during, day, during the day. So when I was talking to the night crew, because they were the ones who were out there prepping the street in advance of the mural, and they said that, um, you know, later on, they said that it fills them with so much pride when, you know, whenever they're talking to someone and they're like, oh, I'm going over to Black Lives Matter Plaza. And they're like, oh, you know, I really help with that. And they said, whenever they tell someone that, like the person is so, so, you know, prideful to know that they know someone who is associated with that. And that, if I can give an employee that feeling of, um, you know, giving them just one more thing, because we do a lot of things that, uh, a lot of work that employees should be proud about. But if I can give them one more thing to be proud about, you know, that's just another thing that just makes that just like the cherry on, on the cake. Absolutely. And I mean, sorry, Black Lives Matter, that mural and Black Lives Matter Plaza is, you know, it's iconic. But I want to give you also some credit. You've, you've done a number of murals that are very specific towards the specific areas. Like I know you, you spoke um, on, on the G2 Summit about one you did in H Street that was really connected uh, to that to that area that was a musician that was from that area like you, you you really think you take a step back and you think about the storytelling and you make sure it's representative and something that that community can rally behind yeah there there are stories 
within stories within stories, I think of that mural project. And, you know, five days, a week later, um, you know, I was asked to do, to coordinate the development of 51 original murals in, um, you know, for, in support of statehood in DC, leading up to the vote, um, the historic statehood vote um, for DC. Um, and so for both of those projects, um, both of those projects, you know, were had to be done in a, in a, the turnaround time was crazy. I mean, the turnaround time for Black Lives Matter was 12 hours. Um, the turnaround time for the 51 mural project was less than a week. So, um, you know, less than a week to figure out where, you know, where we were going to paint these murals, where we were going to get the permission to paint these murals, um, bringing the artists together, um, finding 51, you know, um, well, I realized that finding 51 spaces was impossible, but finding enough spaces to fit 51 murals. And sometimes that's also, you know, another, another thing to learn about projects is, you know, when I go into when I go into projects like these, where someone's asking me to do a lot in a little bit of time, um, fortunately, that's sort of my, um, it's a lot, it's a bit of my training because I kind of started working um, in the mayor's office years ago. And we kind of did a lot of crisis communications. You know, we would be asked to do a ridiculous amount of work in a sh ridiculous sh short period of time with a ridiculously few amount of resources. So I kind of cut my teeth on learning how to create something out of nothing. And so from that, I know that anything is possible. You know, if you want, if you decide, you put your mind to it, anything is possible. So I, that's what I learned from that. Um, and so now when I get projects like that, my first thought is, because I'm, I'm not, a, I don't like to stress out. I'm a very even keeled person and I will do anything to avoid being stressed out. So when I get something, when someone says, I need you to do 51 projects, initially it was do 51 projects, 51 murals in three days. So, you know, my initial thought was, okay. I often push myself and don't necessarily know where the limits are. I knew where my limits were at that point. I knew that was impossible. Um, but, you know, when I, what I do is I go into projects like that thinking, okay, well, what makes the most sense? You know, how can I chunk this down so that it can work? So immediately I knew 51 murals was out of the, out of the question because every year we do six to eight murals. Finding six to eight walls takes almost an entire year um, because you may start out with 30, with 30 perspective walls. Um, for one reason or another, you will end up having to, most of those walls will not work out. Um, and some of those walls, even once you secure them, you'll lose them. So you will usually only end up with six to eight walls. So I knew finding, it was easy for me to identify what was possible and what was not possible. Um, and so I think for any large project, you know, you just got to immediately know how to crunch it down. Um, but, you know, the stories within the story of, of both of those projects is that so for um, Black Lives Matter, for both those projects, we had a, a um, videographer to document the process. And so the, the videographer for both of those projects was a local musician um, who's, actually, who's actually internationally known. Um, he's, he plays harmonica. He's played for Prince, he's played for Stevie Wonder. Um, and most people just know him as this amazing um, harmonist, uh, well, they call them harpists. Um, he does a lot of work with um, uh, Dave Chappelle who does these juke joints. And these, the, the Dave Chappelle juke joints, if you've never seen one or never been to one, I think they have one uh, or two here in DC are basically, Dave has a love, Dave Chappelle has a love for hip hop and um, um, you know, you have, you'll, you'll have a DJ 
who, you know, spinning old school hip hop. And then you have the band, you have Fred's band. And it's almost, it's sort of like a battle of the band. Um, at some point, you know, you'll, you'll have the DJ, you know, Dave will have his greatest hits of, you know, favorite hip, hip hop um, and R&B um, songs. And so it might start off with something like, um, Try Call Quest, Can I Kick It? You know, and they'll start at a DJ, well, DJ, and actually DJ Denise, uh, if, you know, if you've, if, if you've been um, paying attention to all the COVID entertainment, he's been the DJ that's kicked out these massive um, DJ parties where 100,000 people from all walks of life, from the guy around the corner to Halle Berry to Michelle Obama will be tuning in. So um, DJ Denise has always been the DJ that's been a part of these juke joints. Um, and then he'll kick off something like, you know, can I kick it? And then Fred and his band will, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll do their version of it. And it'll, you know, and they'll do a version that will sound just like the record. And so they're the, some of the best parties in the world, but people know Fred as a musician. But Fred is also um, an amazing videographer. And he put together this amazing video for Black Lives Matter, um, for the Black Lives Matter project, um, and also for the 51 project. But um, it's just so interesting because most people, most people don't, haven't even seen the video, or if they see the video, they don't really know, um, you know, who's behind it. But, um, it's just really interesting and, and I'm, I'm, I'm proud that we were able to put together because it was such an amazing moment. And I feel like that video really captures um, the importance of what happened. Um, so if you haven't seen it, anybody who's, who um, hasn't seen it, um, I would definitely um, recommend that they go and um, check it out. I'm not sure where it lives um, at this moment. I think it was on I know that it's on my um, Instagram, which is Nancy all day, um, Nancy with two E's, but um, it's probably, you know what, I can't even say that it, it lives on um, muralsdcproject.com, muralsdc website. Um, I don't know what, I, well, the reason why it took me a while to think about that is I actually just post, I posted it late because um, it took me a while. I'm actually, I'm also the webmaster for our web. Our, what um, don't you do? Do you I, see? It's ridiculous. Um, Murals DC is kind of a one, it, on some level, it's a one-man band on some level in terms of the, the management process. We, we work with the um, Commission on Arts, but a lot of the um, heavy lifting is done on the DPW side, which is done on my side. Um, and so um, I was having a hard time getting the, the um, uh, yeah, we, I had a hard, it took a while to get the videos loaded. I think actually our, um, our, web, our overall webmaster probably had to do that for me. But yeah, so if you if you visit muralsdcproject.com, you can see both the um, Black Lives Matter um, and the 51 video, and they're amazing videos. Nancy, I I am such a big fan. I love. I'm so like I'm so happy that you spoke with me today, and I'm sure so many people listening to this are going to be so excited to find out how the DC uh, sorry the Black Lives Mural. Uh, project happened through murals DC and um, I encourage you guys to check out those videos and follow you know what Nancy and murals DC is doing because it's just it's so important and it's so impactful even when you're explaining how the Black Lives Matter mural came to be I started getting chills uh, so this was just this was amazing um, thank you Nancy so much for joining me um, it was such a pleasure yeah thank you for having me I mean the website will definitely um, give you some more background you can also see all 51 mural projects. Um, we have a, there's an online map. So, um, you know, I, I just really um, 
I hope people check out the website and, and Murals DC also has an Instagram page as well. So just thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to share that. Awesome. Well, have a good rest of your day. Thank you. You too.